It's time to go into auto reverse. Tony and Matt. Where we look at bands that are underappreciated, misunderstood, forgotten, and to some unknown. This week, we're going auto reverse on Bad Finger. So, Tony, with this band, uh, you know, and I'll admit that I got caught in the same thing as most people with a bad finger is, you know, I first thought it was the Beatles. And it's, it's funny how with, when you read up more about this band, you learn more about them. Uh, the kind of Beatles kind of gaveth and kind of taketh away from old bad finger. Yeah. Um they made them and they broke them <laughs> basically but I, 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 but basically, along with other things along with other things that but it but i think the 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 sort of this disintegration of apple records um was not necessarily uh, something specific against the band against no. badfinger but it was just mismanagement and and who the fuck knows what they were spending money on outside what? of Badfinger, you know, um, and then and then also they I didn't know this, but reading the, the stuff online, they signed a contract with this fucking scumbag named Bill Collins. St- no, Phil Collins. Bill, no. Bill, Bill Collins. That was no, their but, manager. No, I, but they they had like a. They had like a business contract, manager contract with a guy named Stan Polly. Oh, did that's you not so, read about that? Yeah, they. He was the one that swindled them. Yeah, and he was the one. He was like a real like New York wise guy who also managed uh, Blood, Sweat, and Tears, Al Cooper, Lou Christie, and I guess I didn't know this. He was a bag man for the mafia um, as well. So. I was just reading all the like weird shit that he did to you know to embezzle the band, and if anything, I would blame that guy specifically for for their for them breaking up, you know, and yeah. and and even more so for the it wasn't just the breakup; it was how shitty they got towards the so, end in terms of their music. Yeah, he. Yeah. Yeah. So this band was around like if we take it back so they started off uh, i believe in wales and they were the band called the ivies mm-hmm. and that's how they first got the attention of apple records and i think it was from paul mccartney's girlfriend at the time knew someone and they knew her mm-hmm. and basically came to a show and they started off at the ivies and then they kind of kind of became Badfinger, which was named after um the band name was named after Bad Finger Boogie, which was the uh, original um, song of the Beatles. Um, what, what was the song? Bad Finger Boogie was the original song of uh, "With a Little Help from My Friends." That was the original title. Oh yeah. yeah. So that's how they got the name of the band. So they were, you know, the, the Beatles or their man, Apple Records were uh, were big fans of theirs, and I mean. You know, Badfinger you manipulated that relationship in some ways too, because they used, you know, a Paul McCartney song. Um, they did a lot of Beatles covers as well. Um, but um, the, the, I don't. Yeah, think McCart- that, McCartney co-wrote the like the come and get big it. hit, like come come and get it, and that was like that was the thing about this band. They 
yeah, they used all those relationships. And it's, I mean, fuck, man, using a relationship with the Beatles, that's like pure gold uh, right. if you're a band, especially at that time uh, in 70, 71. But, they, but the thing with them is they started off so strong, those first three records, <laughs> first four, first three, first three. I uh, so it's, first, uh, I, yeah, I don't know about the third album, but the first two, like No Dice and, and uh, Straight Up are pretty badass. But but the first record's really good, too. That's what Come and Get It is on. That's uh, magical, what's no, it no called, uh, Magic no, Christian no music. No Dice, though. No. Are you sure? Pretty sure. Because the... I thought I thought it was on Magic Christian Music. It I was could song, be, I could... So that movie was Ringo's movie, and so they got they piggybacked on the name of Ringo's movie, and the music was associated with the movie. But I don't think that song was one of them. Like, oh, okay, I, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Although I do believe, well, in my opinion, in my opinion, regardless of where that record came from, I, it's still sort of considered their first. Yes. Uh, and and um, I, th I still think it's a very it's a great record. And to me, it's that record, no dice, straight up. You really th those three records you can't fuck with. Like they're just so strong, and they produce so many so many hits from those albums. Um, it's hard to you know it's hard. Like I, like we've talked about on the show before. It's like that's good enough sometimes to make three no, really I, good records, you know? You're, you're a hundred percent there. Cause it's like <laughs> there, you know, there's a lot of, you know, and, and let's, let's kind of take a step back because the, mm -hmm. the kind of the, the creative power behind the band was Pete Ham, I would say. I agree. And I agree. he was someone who could write a really, I mean, he was a great songwriter. Um, in fact, and just seemed like, you know, uh, someone who got, he got, he was, he was mixed in with the right people in terms of musical, um, you know, brethren, um, which, you know, if the Beatles are not going to put someone on their label, that's not, they don't believe in. And this guy wrote really great songs. Um, in fact, to, to your point, what you said before, like, I think the Beatles and Badfinger were the only two bands that really did well on Apple Records. I think it was every other thing that they put out was kind of pretty shitty from that point. Yeah, they recorded stuff for Apple in Apple Studios or at uh, or at, uh, at um, George Martin's Air. And they would record bands, but then they would never put them out. Like, mm -hmm. the, it was just like, it was just poorly run, you right. know? And then uh, there, I've read a story, this is unrelated to Badfinger, where George Harrison invited the Hells Angels. He befriended them in the States and then he invited them to come hang out at Apple Records. And so the Hells Angels just showed up, like a bunch of them, like 20 of them, and just hung out at Apple's recording studios for like two weeks, three weeks. I mean, that... Yeah. <laughs> it's funny looking back at all that. You know, George was probably just trying to be nice and cool. But it's like, you can't run an operation when you have, you know, uh, Terry the Tramp, you know, like yeah. hanging out <laughs> and you're in the office and and maybe like and maybe like you know shaking you down for a fucking change for the um, payphone. Right. It's a, that remind that, that and then and then that reminds me of like like when they recorded Dr. Dre's The Chronic and all the stories you hear about Suge Knight and all the nonsense that was going on in that studio with people getting beat up and stuff. And there was a lot and there was a lot of that, you know, uh, with Apple Records. Just like it was a time. It was a time, right? It was like they were flush with money and fame and and uh, and they. There's probably a lot of people in charge that didn't I, know what they were doing, you know. I still say they got the 
the, I, the one of the more iconic uh, label, well, record label labels of the full, yeah. the full apple on one side and half apple eaten on. Nah, the other I side. love it. It's yeah, so that, cool. That is cool. Um, no one's say, no one's saying they didn't know what they were doing creatively or that yeah. they weren't cool. It's just more just like a financial they, thing. They need more abacus. They need more people with abacus. Is not you know a little more right. right. <laughs> they got too many people who spreadsheets, spreadsheets, and glass, spread. black frame glasses. <laughs> But the other thing is those three albums that they did which are great then they also worked they were like the big they were basically george's backing yeah. band on um all, things, on, must all things must pass and that's one of the best rock records of all time uh just such a wonderful um yeah. sort of explosion of, of of creative energy that george probably had been building up for years um, yeah. being a sort of minority player in that um in that band um, in terms of songwriting, so I, I, they Badfinger really did step in at a time that was so um, was so good for them, and they were able to make those records and, and collaborate. Not to mention, you know, we talked about we you know we did a Flaming Groovies episode not too long ago, and, and we were talking about power pop and their influence on power pop. I mean, fuck, man, Bad Badfinger had a massive influence on power pop, massive. Yeah, and you know, you know, the song without you. I mean that uh -huh. that they basically, you know, Harry Nielsen and Mariah Carey, uh -huh. covered that song. And I mean, the the Harry, you know, Harry, the, the story was Harry Nielsen heard the song like at a, at a like in a stupor, and he woke up the next morning and was looking through his buddy's record collection for the Beatle album that had that song on there. And they're like, no, this is it's Badfinger, um, and he took it and arranged it, and to the point to where. You know, they thought that, like, you know, they asked Pete Ham about it, and he's like, no, you know, Harry did a really good version of it, uh, that he restructured it, and he made it his own, and it's it's a lovely version. Um, which shows the guy, I mean, it shows the guy, it, it, it seemed like that, you know, given all the things that ha happened to them, you know, he was probably one of the more sensitive ones out of the group, um, and that this thing, like you said, I, you know, it's one of the more, it's far from unique, but it's probably one of the, the bigger cases that I've read about a 
mismanaging or selfishness on the on the manager's end that just totally decimated a band financially, emotionally, and collectively that I, I think I've ever re heard about. Yeah, I remember, and I remember like so vividly. Remember they used to do those behind the music um, yeah. mini docs on uh, VH1. I remember seeing the Badfinger one and being like, oh my God, that is a fucking sad story. Uh, and, and which, which sucks because it's sort of like it, it, it casts a shadow on this really bright, uh, band, you know, it's like it, it, it overpowers like all the good that they did, which was plenty and, and turn, especially creatively, they were just so good. And, and they, and they worked hard, you know, they, they were, they toured they, a lot they of were the grinding. States. They were grinding. They, they, yeah. they were, they were grinding and it's like, you can't, you know, it's just imagine if they didn't have shitty um management or or, or dubious uh business managers well, or whatever uh, who knows where they would have gone because the problem is all that dark all that negative shit really influenced their output post like 1973 1974 right. it's like before you know sort of like before they broke up all the, the like the ass record the self-titled record they're not very good records i mean i put songs from each of those records on the playlist that i thought were the best but it was a real like chore to like go through those records and, and, and say what was good here because i just feel like they weren't they just well that negative shit fucked them up yeah know, well creatively they, yeah well the poly poly negotiated a a, a a new contract with warner brothers was basically thumbed the you know thumbed the nose at apple which which I feel probably is why they called the Apple a mass because they figured it wouldn't wasn't going to give it wasn't going to help the band at all, mm -hmm. and it was kind of curious because the band was get like had a fairly good deal with Apple like I think they got like five percent of you know sale which was which is pretty freaking high, mm -hmm. um, but yeah then they went to the, the Warner Warner Brothers and did their that self titled Bad Finger the one with the the woman with the bowler hat. Yeah, on it, yeah. On it. And, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Again, like, not horrible albums, but not up to the, no. not up to No Dice and, and, and straight, straight Up. Straight Up, my favorite. No, like, without question, Straight Up is well, my favorite record of theirs. It's just every song is great. Well, let's, yeah, let's kind of dive in what makes this band, like, when they're cooking, what makes them kind of a fun band to listen to? Because, like, I listen to Straight Up because I'm lucky enough to have like a vinyl ver original vinyl version of it and mm -hmm. there's just a you know e even you know George Harrison's uh, slide work on uh, day after day mm -hmm. um, there's just a lot that it's it's what I would call like beetle level like pop you know uh -huh. you know the, there's strong songwriting easy hooks both lyrically and musically and it's tight yeah but it's varied too it's it's not like there's it's you know it's a good album to listen to because you're going to get a lot of different uh takes on it and i think that that just kind of that kind of you get the there's a little bit more driving music but there's a lot of just very just sensible not sensible that's a horrible word <laughs> just very fetching like you just it captures your attaching attention and uh you know, again, like simple guitar parts, simple keyboard parts, good melodic hooks, 
and and vocals are real strong vocals good harmonies good you know it's like it's an easy it's an easy band to listen to did Rudgren produce yeah straight up yeah, yeah. And that that kind of again another another class act there Rudgren so such a asset to any band that's trying to that is that has these aspirations these like sort of pop like just well put together pop aspirations like if there's anyone especially at that time that you're going to call to help them do that it would be Rundgren and and and, and he worked on that record and I think he might have worked on part of another record again with their fucked up business shit like they would like ditch their producer halfway through or quarter way through uh, I'm not saying it was completely their fault right, who right. knows maybe maybe they weren't getting paid and you know, it's the the poly guy was fuck knows what he was doing with the money. I mean, I th- some of the funny stories, and I, I we get away from music here. Was just like there was like escrow accounts open to like for publishing and stuff, and he would just empty them out. And then the Warner Publishing's like, "Where's the money?" I, I, I don't know. I, I I I don't I don't know how you can keep shit together when that kind of stuff is happening behind the scenes. But yeah, straight up and and was just it's just one of the best records and it just sucks that their story was so sad um because the the promise of that music you know could could have lasted for more than three records it could have gone on for a while yeah yeah and uh you know and it, it ended up with someone who at 27 years old you know hanging himself uh-huh. Um, you know, and I'm reading like what he put on the suicide note. He's, you know, saying love to his kids and his wife. He said, he goes, P.S. Stan Polly is a soulless bastard. I will take him with me. Like, <laughs> That's awesome. I mean, yeah. I'm not laughing at his suicide. That's awful. But just the yeah. fact that he threw that in there as a, yeah, and, as a, yeah. And then like his daughter was born a, d- a month after he died. I mean, like that dude, you yeah. got to be in dire straits for that kind of shit and yeah yeah i and i and i and i think i think that's that sadness um maybe at the time was misunderstood right again Mm -hmm. mental health was not taken as seriously and it was misunderstood it's like now looking back you know with tech decades passed since and it's like you're like wow this guy he needed someone to check in with him they needed to get rid of that asshole that was embezzling all their money you know they i wish there would you know, I yeah. sometimes I, I, I read about stories like that, and I and what I don't see in those stories, especially like from years ago, from that time, I don't see anybody putting their balls on the line and taking charge and saying, you know, fuck this, fuck that, and getting rid of every, you know right. what I mean? I never, you never see that. It's and it to me, it's like an entertainment business right. ish issue where no one wants to fuck with the golden goose, you know, even if the golden goose is being, you know, choked and raped at the same time. And it's like, that's the shit that, that's the shit that bothers me is that no one stepped up to take care, take care of stuff. But if you know you're young I mean? guys, I mean, it, and back then it's like, I, I think there's a little bit of paralysis of like, what, how do you, other than just saying, Hey man, do you need any help? Or man, you know, because they were, you know, talking about that he was, you know, you know, Ham was burning cigarettes into his hand and his arms, and people are like noticing him. He was a little bit more off kilter, you know. How do you, you know, how do you help, you know, not knowing how to handle that, you know? Yeah, I I, I know that it has that's a lot, has a lot to do with that. That people just 
at that time didn't have the tools well, yeah. uh, or the supports to, to help someone like that. But it's also like to me, it's just all about like valor and and being. Um, so you know, who being, that's, other than the guy who's taking money from who's going to step up? Because that, that's that's the thing. It's like they're all I, being I think, crushed by that. All the guys in the band. Yeah, are being yeah crushed all by of them. It. It's not just it, and it would have had to have been someone from the outside. Right. To step up. Not it, when you're in it. It's hard. Right. You know, you know, it's it, you're it's just hard. You're. You've got so many interests, uh, whether it's a creative interest, whether it's a monetary interest, whether it's a touring interest, family interest. You know, I think there, there's a lot of pressure too there towards the end. Some of them had bought houses and right. they didn't know how they were going to pay for them. And I, I get it. I'm not blaming the right. guys for not stepping up. I believe me. I, I, I'm the last person to shame people for that. I just <laughs> sometimes I just, sometimes I just feel like there needs to be like one brave soul in the camp. That maybe isn't in the band to say this enough's enough. This is go this is going to kill this band, right? And so and this needs to get taken care of, or at least just break up the band before someone dies, right? You know, because that that's another thing. It's like everybody in, that loves music. Um, well, let me let me rephrase that. Okay, people that really get into the sort of mythical quality of music or the sort of like interesting story. They sometimes see death within that, like so Hendrix or um, or Cobain or whoever. They see death as part of that legacy, and, and they and they sort of normalize it, you know. Whether it's suicide, drug overdose, they kind of normalize it. No one should die for making art. Is my point. No, no. one should die for making art. No one. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I agree. I mean, of course I agree with that. But, I, you know, I think it, like you said, what you said earlier, it's, it's a complex issue. I mean, it's not something it that... It is, it is. And, some, is, people, and some, people, some people hold their cards tight to their chest and you don't know if something's wrong with them. They don't let on. That's true, um, that's true. So back kind of to, like, more of a auto-reverse lens of looking <laughs> looking through this in terms of why is bad, why do you think Bad Fingers an important band to listen to, or why should we be? Why should anyone uh, dive into them? I, um, well, <laughs> I, I mean, with without trying to without repeating myself, I just think those three records and that group of I don't know twenty songs or twenty three songs, and also their role in the in the um, George Harrison record. I think that alone is enough, you know, mm -hmm. and even though they sold like a lot of records during that time, those, those first three records, they sold like 14 million records. They had a, a bunch of top 40 hits and they actually did okay in the States. It's like, it's like no one really remembers them. They remember a lot of people will, when they hear this, the, uh, come and get it right. They kind of like, Oh yeah, I remember that songs of the Beatles, you know? So because there's that sort of confusion to me, that's why this band needs to be highlighted because they've been forgotten enough. They've they keep getting confused with the Beatles, especially on their big hit. That it's just they need a they need people need to be reminded about who they were who they were. You know that they were this really great band. Yeah, they sounded a bit like the Beatles, and yeah, they got helped by the Beatles, but they went beyond that. You know, and I just think people need to be reminded. Or if not reminded, just told because some people just don't know. Yeah, I would actually go out and say like, look, 
if you even if you didn't want to listen to our playlist which kind of takes a, a, a overview of the band and kind of gives you something to take in you, i would just say listen to straight up yeah and if you like that then listen to the whole playlist because th there's like a lot of good stuff on that level um uh, in the playlist but it gives you some different looks of them as well because uh, straight up is just like I don't know about calling it a perfect album, but it's not far from it. It's just a really... It's pretty close. Yeah, it's a really great album. Not many bands could do an album where song one's as good as the last song and keeps you fully engaged the whole time. Um, you know, it's it's something that, yeah, you listen to No Dice and you're just, you can see where the potential is going and straight up kind of delivers on it. Everything that follows, mm -hmm. it's it's... It's, you know, it's asterisk mark. Law, law, law of diminishing returns. Well, I would actually. <laughs> That's what it is. I would say, you know, kind of paying a little favor to the band. I would say, like, I would call it asterisk music. It's like there's so many other things going on that they, there's pro, that was the reason why the music's not anywhere near straight up. Like, if they were fed well, both emotionally and otherwise supported, I think they could have made another album on the level of straight up. Because they were that good mm -hmm. of songwriters and that good of mus musicians, uh, and they couldn't uh, just take a bite of a carrot. I took a bite of a um, pepperoni stick. That what? Did you have it in the freezer? No. So I'm up in my son's room. And slim. Sometimes he eats into a slim gym. into a slim gym. Sometimes. Um, he leaves shit laying around that he didn't finish, and then I come in and finish it. <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes how I. That's sometimes dinner for me. I just like wait till they, <laughs> they, they don't eat whatever they don't eat. I'll I uh, usually take in. But yeah, this is a band we're checking out um, because they, and especially you know, straight up and no dice. But the playlist kind of gives you a nice little uh, way of kind of being introduced to the band if you've never heard of it or if you've only heard of a couple of their songs because I guarantee you there's going to be at least a couple songs you're like oh this is these guys oh this is these guys because they have songs that are you know have get a lot of airplay uh, especially on classic rock stations uh, so you probably heard it but they're, they're worthwhile by to check out I would go out on a limb and say they're like the perfect uh, auto reverse band all the things that we ever talk about used to be famous, aren't famous anymore, forgotten, but not really confused by the people are confused by the, uh, them. You, they made some. I think they're like the perfect. They hit the trifecta. They hit the trifecta. They hit them all. They hit all the bases. They check all. They check all the AR bases. They are triple. They really do. And it's like, and it was sitting there for a while. Like, I, I think I made the playlist for them a, a while back. Yeah, you did. And it's it sat there for a while because I was like, okay, that. They're I'm not a sexy satisfied. choice. They're I'm not. Satisfied. They're not a. Like, I, this, this they're not a man. sexy, and they're not a sexy choice. That's the thing. They're, they're not, not a sexy choice. No. Yes, but no. they do. They are a band that kind of covers the reasons why we do the show because it's a band that definitely is uh, should be more appreciated and definitely listened yeah. to a little bit more. So. I agree. Specs, speaking of sexy choices, you can make one <laughs> and send us an email at autoversepod at gmail .com and let us know what you thought about this show. What you'd like to see on the show, uh, general comments are always appreciative. And you can also, you know, you know, as Tony said, you know, grow a sack and give us a recommendation on uh, someone to uh, to uh, review and give them the old AR treatment. So, until next time. All right, peace.